think about you a lot. Where are you now? I know you're, you're in LA, right? No, I'm, I'm, I've always lived in Orlando, Florida. Oh, I thought you moved here. I thought you moved out here. Nope. No. Nope. Why not? I like Careful. the separation. I Careful. like the separation. <laughs> I love being able to uh, plug in and then unplug and kind of, it, it's been challenging inside of quarantine. But before that, I, I loved my relationship with LA because I could book 14 rights straight, go out for two weeks, work like crazy, and then come home, decompress, listen to it in my own spot, like have some time with it and also have balance, you know, be a husband, uh, like do yard work and work around the house. And it wasn't like, you know, it was nice to kind of pair both those, those worlds. So you kind of jump in and then you get back to normalcy. Yeah, that is probably nice. And nobody cancels on you when you're only there for two weeks. Fair. That's fair. That's <laughs> cool, know? man. That's good. Uh, how often do you get to come here then? And, and, you know, actually, when you're here and you're not working, is there other things that you like to do? Is there places you like to visit, like eat and stuff like that? Or Yeah. I mean, it's always, homies always like, you know, we'll pick this crazy spot to go. Um, last time I was out there, I was actually just out there January, like the first week of January, we did a mm -hmm. little writing camp and I got an Airbnb down in Redondo Beach. Great. Uh, and it was incredible because it was like we were somewhere else. You know, yeah. I wasn't on uh, stuck in a hotel on Sunset. We were in Redondo, right in that little town, waking up. I would jump in the ocean, which was freezing and terrifying because the waves are enormous. And, you know, we found there's like wetsuits we put on. There was bikes in the garage and our rights wouldn't start till like 12. So we were just and I'm on East Coast time. So I'm up at five, you know, running around. Hop, coffee, hop on the bike and drive down the trail or right hop on the bike road. and think that I can make it a mile up this hill for the right, <laughs> but it's just a beach cruiser. <laughs> oh yeah. There's no gears. Are there There's no <laughs> gears? And I'm just like trying to grind it out of this hill. Like, no. Even if you uh, had gears, yeah, that's the, you have to drop way down when you're pedaling like this and you're barely yeah. moving. Oh, and you're God. going like half a mile an hour. <laughs> Yeah, people are walking past you. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, no, oh, dude. that's funny. Um, that's funny. No, I mean, I, I, I'm just a normal dude. Like, I like to, I like to hang out and play stupid video games, and you know, like, dive in, watch, dude. You know, you know what a great show is. Have you ever watched the Great British Baking Show? Let's just talk about it. Uh, heard of it. Haven't watched it though. It's phenomenal. Yeah. The stress. The normal people getting thrown in these high pressure situations like you're gonna mess up this bake and then they it comes out great that's not the gordon ramsay one right where he's yelling at people no okay no. it's in like that one yeah you like people just getting destroyed I love when he's screaming at people because he's got his vocabulary and the whole British slang, which is constantly changing just breaks people down <laughs> it's just so creative he's like you donut or you plonk I'm like where are they getting these words? I want to. I want to use that. I want to use that. <laughs> totally. Uh, what do you, What do you? What video games are you playing? What do you play? Uh, I mean, usually it's just a little bit of Rocket League, or uh, I think it's pretty much exclusively Rocket League. Yeah. Or you know, I'm definitely down to to jump into a good game of Mario Kart on the Switch. I've known to dabble. I'm not I'm not terrible. Old school. No soccer, yeah. no FIFA, or uh, any Madden, anything like that. You know, I don't, I don't have the time to get good enough to 
really be competitive. So every time I play, I'm like still kind of figuring out, oh, it's a new Madden this year. You know, there's updated teams and play. Like I used to dive in heavy back in like, you know, 13, 14, Madden 15. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. But now it's just over my head, I think. There's too much. There's too many things to remember. I like the old school, like uh, Tech Mobile when it was just A and B. Tech Mobile or like Blitz. Blitz, dude, Blitz. Yeah. yeah, it was two buttons. It was A and B. That's it. That's all. And you, you could need. just you could just crush people over and over and over after the play after is over. the whistle. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was the belly flopping on people. Yes. <laughs> it turns into like WWE afterwards. Let me get a couple That's of quick extra game. drops in. <laughs> um, uh, hey, I saw you on Ryan Tedder's story the other day, didn't I? Did yeah, I see that? Sure what, was did. The, what was that about? That caught me off guard. Yeah, so we did a writing camp in September um, in Nashville, and it was sick. We were at this hotel, and underneath the hotel, it had two writing rooms, and um, we we booked out the whole bottom. So basically, we would just go up to our rooms, go down in the morning, get some coffee, and go write. And it was the whole week. So I mixed it up. I was writing with different people each day, and one of the rooms was Ryan Tedder's room. He owned it, hmm. and um, he let us use it the whole week, so... Yeah, I was just kind of telling the story. Somebody had asked, you know, when did you write a lot? And I just kind of wrote out, we wrote it in September in Nashville writing camp in the legendary Ryan Tedder's room uh, with the great Steph Jones, who I wrote If We Never Met With. And she was a big part of the camp, helping me organize it. And she's an incredible writer. And uh, yeah, he reposted it like immediately right after we were like, oh, all right, that's cool. Hey, Ryan, you want to work? Wow. <laughs> you want the remix like but it, it was cool to see how you know he immediately was just like invested i'm gonna listen to that song um it was written in my space you know hopefully a little bit of ryan tedder genius made it into the the room and into the song but uh yeah it was cool that's cool yeah for somebody who's as busy as him to to take that time to do that that's got to feel good that's got to feel nice so this wasn't yeah. at his house his because i was i thought this was his house at his stu uh, the studio at his house no, I mean, he. Yeah. I guess he owns or was a part of the room in Nashville. That yeah. we, I was going to uh, ask what his house is like. That's got to be crazy. But... I'm sure his house is fire. Yeah. yeah he's, I'm sure. I've seen videos from it where he's just, you know, everybody's set up in their own thing. Space, yeah. fun, toys, create. That's, a trip. That's cool, man. Um, yeah. So this tour, I know you got a show coming up here in L.A. It's in March at the House of Blues in Anaheim. How are you getting around on this tour? Is this a tour bus? Are you flying? Are you private jetting? Yeah, I mean, shout out to Marky Basie, like letting us come on this tour uh, and inviting us to go. Mm. Uh, we're on 17 dates with him. So we are, you know, they make sprinter vans. They turn them into tour buses now. No, I didn't. Oh, it's, it's awesome. They do it a lot in Nashville, but other cities have them too, where you can just basically rent this sprinter that they gutted and they put four bunks in the back of the sprinter there's a big couch in it i mean it's a legitimate small tour bus um because we don't need all that you know my my set's kind of broken down to me guitars and and drums um and so we want to try to like make sure we're doing it the right way um yeah. bringing some stuff with us we start in Minneapolis, tour the entire East Coast, and then the last three shows are are out west. So, how do you? I'm undecided if we're gonna make that drive because that would mean we'd have to come back after, or 
if I'm going to wrap it up when we kind of hit Nashville and then just fly out for the last three. Yeah. Otherwise you're calling the company saying, Hey, come and get your truck. It's over here. Yeah. It's in Anaheim. I'm, I'm going to need somebody to drive it from Nashville to LA and <laughs> I will fly and meet you there and it'll be great. Do you get car sick at all? Are you packing Dramamine in there? I love to drive. Yeah. I love to drive. Like uh, my wife's family lives in Long Island and I've made that, that drive straight through from Orlando to New York probably six times round trip. Wow. That's a good 11, 12 hours, maybe? More like 18. And no kidding. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Straight through. Straight through. I, 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 there's something about driving for me that is very calming and centering. It, it's like, it's, I'm very calm when I'm a drive, like when I'm driving. So I'm not a tense driver that's taking energy out of me. I'm kind of, you know, I can listen to some podcasts. I can listen, deep dive into albums that I've wanted to listen to, or, you know, like just kind of go explore and listen to crazy playlists and like, and explore and find and discover things that I like. And so the, the driving itself is, it occupies my mind enough to keep me, I guess, from fidgeting. And then I can just kind of relax into whatever it is I'm diving into and listening to. And it's very stimulating for me. I could go, I, I when we first had, I just had a baby. So when we first had a, our little boy, he was three weeks old and we were going to drive up to New York and not know. Yeah. I was just kind of like, you know what? It's going to be what it's going to be. Yeah. Let's figure it out. So, and you get to enjoy the freedom of driving as well, I'm sure. So that'd be good. Oh, yeah. That yeah, yeah. is um, nice. And I like I like to bring my dog and I can bring all my equipment and I can kind of fully pack the car. And yeah, um, we had to stop every three hours. It took us 24 hours to get from Orlando to New York. We left at like seven in the morning and pulled in at like 630 the next morning. Well, here's my concern for your tour. How are you going to maintain the hair color, the cutting, all this stuff while you're on the road? These are the it's, things we need to think about. It's true. I, I, you know, I haven't given it that much thought. I'm getting a little concerned. I yeah. might have to, which, which I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> See, <laughs> the music, whatever, fine. But we need to think about music, outfits. the driving, the logistics, you no. know, hair color, hair color, outfits on the stage. Do you take clothes? Do you buy them on the road? How are you washing them? How do you do the laundry and all that stuff? How You're making you? me nervous, man. Yeah. I haven't. I get, there's so much more I have to think about. Huh? How many packs of how many pair of underwear do you pack for this trip? At least two. <laughs> At least two. That's good. We I guess you could stop off in the mall and and uh, grab some supplies on the way. That's good. That's one thing. We'll figure it out. <laughs> These are all important. So, who do you think while you hit the road? Who's going to miss you more? Uh, Linnea is the, the lady, my wife. Have, right? Is it Linnea, Breeze, or Lily? Which one of those three will miss you more? And of course, Breeze is your new baby. It's like, uh, what, three months now? Something like that? He's, he's six months old now. Six months. Okay. I thought yeah. it was in October that you had. I think that's when you introduced yeah. us to him. It was. We had him in July. Yeah. Yeah. And um, Lily, the dog. And this is, this is what I picture. This exact picture that you posted is Lily. the kind of attitude that I imagine, um, your dog yeah. when you say i'm leaving for a couple of months yep don't look at me don't touch me I don't want <laughs> get away from me just go just go now she's like a human she's we you know she's our firstborn obviously she's our yeah. firstborn um you know i think i'd like to think my six-month-old son will miss me the most or my dog will miss me the most but i know it's going to be my wife i know she loves 
you know, we've really worked really hard to, to just create this incredible family unit and mm. we're happiest when we're all together and she's the most supportive wife ever. But, you know, if she had her choice, would she prefer me be there? Uh, absolutely. So, you know, we go, we kind of go back to long distance, which was our foundation. When I first, when we first met, I was living in Nashville and she was in Orlando. And so, you know, we made some, some ground rules and I think it was really helpful now looking back in situations like these where we have to be apart for longer periods of time we know how to operate in that and it's not Hmm. you know it's not painful it's not you know it's like oh we already did this we got this familiar ground wait how did you guys even meet then if that's not too invasive you know i mean is this isn't like you didn't meet on myspace back in the day or something like that did you no so i was living in nashville just kind of starting to put the pieces together, deciding if I wanted to do this, more like singing than really knowing what it meant to be an artist. Um, And I got hired to go sing at this wedding in Tampa. And I was the surprise for the wife. And uh, I was like, that sounds like a good time. I'll I'll go to Tampa, let's do it. And I was like hiding in the ballroom. I had the piano set up and then they walked in for the first dance and I, I, played their dance on the wife cried it was an amazing moment amazing people and uh, i always stayed in touch with with um the groom and he would always check in hey how you doing what are you working on what's going on and i met i briefly met the bride's best friend caught my eye a little bit but she was with somebody else so you know i was respectful i didn't and um fast forward now that guy who I sang at his wedding, he's my manager. We started this project together. Um, I married somebody from that wedding. That was her best friend. Basically a couple months later, um, the bride of that wedding, Shay, texted me, hey, are you like, weird question, you seeing anybody right now? And I was like, is, it, is Lene asking? Because if so, like, I will be there tomorrow. I'll, I'll be there. You I was in- taken, huh? I, I don't, it was a timing thing. And I, I had kind of seen some of her stuff, you know, in those months and she'd seen, we, we had platonic reasons to stay in touch. She had broken up with her boyfriend, which I did not know. Mm. was very excited to find out. And yeah, I went there the next day and we, we went out to dinner and Shay also came. So it was like the three of us, good friend, making sure like, you know, if he's weird, then we'll just, and, uh, you know, like 45 minutes into the first dinner, she was like, you guys seem like you're going to be okay. I'm going to, I'm going to go. And it was great. We just, it was one of those dates you'll never forget. Like we walked around and we just talked for like four hours, you know, we went to city walk and then I, you know, left and I did leave to Nashville the next day and we just started texting and never stopped. And I eventually moved back down here and, you know, Rob and I started the project and we really started hyper-focusing on what John Kay is as a, as a project and started the momentum started from there. What a story, dude, that's a Matthew McConaughey movie. That's what that is. Yeah. He, he could play. I mean, you know, that, that whole thing, man, and it all comes down to you. If you didn't and say yes to go. The cherry on top is we wrote, I wrote, if we never met about that. And oh. it was about 
you know, if we never met was if I never went to that wedding and never met you, I would never have met what turned into my whole family, you know, like, you know, Rob and Shay are family. And, you know, Lene's first cousin is this incredible musician named Dante who ended up moving in with us and he's the musician part of it. And we all just attack this whole thing together. And it, this project really is so much, so much more than me. And it makes it so much better to kind of celebrate the highs with the same people you started it with. Yeah. Wow. Holy hell, man. That's a story. That's incredible. And not a lot of people know that story, you know, and and not for any reason other than, you know, I guess it's cool now that we can wait and one day we'll make this like insane Netflix documentary. Yeah. Is this something I should take out? (laughs) Something I should not include? but no i mean i'm i'm open about it but yeah you know, we can... i'm happy to happy to delete it if you like but that's it's an incredible no, story I... you need to sell the rights to somebody hugh grant matthew McC- this is that's a movie that's really cool man and the, and the way you tell it too you tell it uh you can see it so that's that's cool thanks and now, and now you got to leave town for a couple it's, of months it's, oh, man. it's real yeah, yeah. and it's then when real. you get back and you know you got to reintroduce yourself to the baby i'm guessing that's got to be interesting yeah. on the road face like who are you? Yeah. No, we FaceTime every night. I, where whatever time zone I'm in, like when I was in Redondo Beach, I had a 4.30 p.m. alarm because he goes to bed at 7.30 to mm. FaceTime in and we'd say his prayers while he's drinking his bottle. I, you know, I have to, and that's probably more for me than even for him. And, you know, for me and my wife to make sure that we're checking a box and staying very connected and not, letting that line slide because I can be very out of sight, out of mind and very hyper-focused on, you know, the music. And, you know, she's really good at just saying, you know, I've learned to just create that boundary for myself to say, you know, keep that. That's number one, you know, it's, it's, and even though most songs I write when I'm in LA are about them, it still is very important for me to make sure that I'm actively there and and checking in and keeping that really, really strong, firm foundation because I know how crazy life can be. I know how crazy the industry can be and I know how easily you can kind of lose your center and, you know, I, I'm not willing to to compromise in that area. Yeah. Wow. And then when you get home after this tour, you're back to it. Like you said, yard work and stuff. What are all your jobs at home? What do you have to do? What are you responsible for? You know, okay. So I don't have to wash the clothes, but I have to put them away. That's a good part. That's a fun part. I take, I take that on, you know, happily. Yeah. I know where the things go. Um, I, I really like to cook, but I'll, I'm more of like, I handle the outside, like the grilling aspect of it. Yeah. So like the fun part, uh, get into my meats, you know, marinade, you know, really, and then I'll cook, nail handle the inside stuff. Um, I mean, she pretty much does it all. Anything I'm kind of stretching. Yeah. But like this, so what we're in now, this used to be a part of my garage. But when we got pregnant, I my studio was in the house and I wanted to make that room a playroom. So we... I didn't do it all myself. I had to help, but, you know, um, insulation, drywall, took the back corner of the, of the garage, put an AC unit in it, you know, made a little studio. The hardest part, which I didn't realize, is I had put all of this soundproofing, and I was so lazy when we first did it, in the other room, 
that I put spray adhesive on each piece oh, and just boy. stuck it on hundreds of pieces. And hundreds. that's, you got to be mathematical when you put that stuff in and it has to be able to be moved, right? I couldn't get it off. <laughs> I couldn't get it off. And I finally ripped all the pieces off and there was just like yeah. glue and part of this like foam sound. It was a mess. Aye, it was aye. a mess. That's when you call the property brothers and you call and you say, dude, come fix me. I messed up. I did. I called one of my best friends who's a painter and he came over. He was like, what did you do in here? I was like, dude, I'm sorry. Can you help me? He's like, now I'm about to walk out. Oh man. That's crazy. But no, we keep it simple. You know, this year has been, I think for me, the most rewarding and the most difficult year of my life. Sure. In the sense that obviously I had a breeze, but with that came what I didn't expect was this like deep, I'm realizing more and more as I get further into music and as I, you know, commit to this more every single day that I am really deep and really emotional. Mm -hmm. And I didn't, I never really realized that because I think music was kind of my avenue to be able to express that without feeling it necessarily hmm. uh, uh, but having breeze for me at least made me ask those questions like all right playtime is over what are the things about yourself that you that don't serve you what are the things about yourself that you wish weren't there what are the things you want to be better and what can you do about it and I hadn't really gone down that road, but once I started going down that road, I was like, like, damn, there's a lot of things that I need to work on. That can know? get real dark real quick. So it, it did. And I had to face a lot of these things and it brought me back to all these like memories of being young and younger and maybe things that I was exposed to or things that I was like, you know, had to go through. And it was a lot to just face and it, it did get kind of dark and heavy for a while, but I feel like it, I was able to break through that and kind of find my smile again and kind of find that like that thing that just makes it a little bit lighter. And it, I know it's leading to incredible music where I'm now recognizing how much depth and emotion is in me and able to and kind of crave to tap into it more musically as well. Yeah, and you know what's interesting, specifically about this song as well, a lot, when you're talking about the feeling and the music, and, the, and it's interesting because this song is about, it's kind of, a, it's not, it's not sad, like the content of it is sad, but the melodies and stuff aren't mm -hmm. sad, so it's kind of an interesting, tricky little uh, thing you've done there, yeah, with, with the emotions, kind of the, it's, you've confused the emotions. Song. Yeah, that one that one confused me for a little while, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Because it does have like this at first listen, you're like, that is a clean pop song, simple, yeah. you know. Uh, but the more that I listened through to that song throughout the process, the more depth I found in it. The more I found like even the way the the guitar there's two guitars that are working together the whole time and it, it feels very simple, but it's actually very intricate in, in its simplicity. And that, that is that whole song, you know, there's, there's depth in the story. There's kind of a little bit of pain in there, 
and the juxtaposition of obviously like the brighter uh, melody line and everything, the way that it, that we all kind of put it together became more and more beautiful to me throughout the process. And it's a song that to this day, and the real test was when we did the music video and I had to listen to it 500 times throughout the day. <laughs> Normally with songs, like I'm really sick of them at the end of the day, but for whatever reason, this song, and the only other song that has done that for me is If We Never Met. But at the end of the day, I wasn't sick of it. I was actually liking it more. Hmm. And so there is this kind of energy in it. And, and some songs just have this thing where we we call it like it doesn't have a burn. And it doesn't, you, you can't listen to like, at least for me, sure. if I listen to it five times, I'm not sick of it, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah, and I can see. I guess when you when you think about the two sides of it, the the message and the music, I can see that maybe this this time you're listening to it with that way, and that so maybe that's why. Mm. Yeah, it's an interesting. Yeah, I think course. it's just also just a kind of a passive. Uh, it's not trying to really do anything too aggressive in your face. It's like, oh, you know, that song's on. All right, I could leave it on for another minute. You know, it's it's like not it's not a big deal. It's like you yeah. can have it in the background if it comes on. You're not going to be like, oh, change that. At least I hope not. Yeah. <laughs> well, as we blast it on my FM, after we go from this into the song, is there anything about the song that you want people to really pay attention to? You want everybody in the car, be quiet, listen to this uh, chord progression or this fill or this lyric specifically? Mm, 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 mm. Anything that you worked really hard on? Um, let me think. Hold on, I got it. Yeah. I would say the growth throughout the record, listen to the last. So after we drop everything out completely and it gets the most intimate and it's the last, I think about you a lot when we come back into it and it's kind of subtle, but we added some, some Ooh pads and we wanted to just kind of wrap up the listener a little bit more in the last post in the last, the very end of the song. So yeah, just, enjoy the record try to lose yourself in it and i i think it's a simple song and that you're supposed to just try to enjoy it as much as you can <laughs> 